Welcome to the Nerd Party. They can travel anywhere in time and space. Right. This is going to be fun. Up we go. Into time and space. Welcome to Time and Space, the Nerd Party's dedicated Doctor Who podcast. I'm Jessica Nunn. And I'm her husband and co-host, Philip Gilfus. What have we done this week that's Doctor Who related? I would say not an awful lot. I'm still reading my book. Right. How is that going? It's going okay. As in progress. As in progress. I'm not finished yet. (sighs) (laughs) We've got time. You told me we had time. Yes, it's about time, darling. (laughs) Shut your face. We, We did just discover some very exciting news about Big Finish. That's true. Oh, yes, because you, your favorite characters, it was announced. Though, though I love how they announced this, like, coming coming soon to Big Finish. It's, uh, and then you look, it's like, oh, it's like February of next year. I'm like, okay. Fair, <laughs> fair heads up. Yeah, um, yes. But anyway. But you, you have plenty of time to prepare. Exactly. But the, uh, I'm always going to say it wrong. The Paternoster Gang. The Paternoster Gang. The uh, Potato, the Dragon, and her maid. <laughs> quotation marks. You yeah, need the quotation marks exactly. for made. Yes. Yeah, they're going to be coming out with a production. Um, so that'll be cool. Yes. Yes. Now that have we finished? We've finished what class stuff there is. I mean, there's only two that they released so far. Yeah. So far. I guess so. they're trying to see how sales go before deciding whether to move forward or not. So, yes. Which yeah. I, I can. I mean, you heard our reviews here, if, or if you hadn't, please listen to past episodes. We reviewed the two volumes of Class on Big Finish, and we, you know. Uh, for a series that had its ups and downs, maybe more downs than ups, but lots of potential, and I thought the big finish is certainly giving it a second chance. Yes, yeah. And so I can't wait to see what they do with the Paternoster gang. Yeah. <laughs> now, one thing I think, and you know, we don't have to, but for our next big finish, one thing I'm thinking of doing, or what we could do, is the uh, river. Oh, I love her. Because we were really, I mean, they've released a lot by now. It's like the Diary of River Song. I think they're like on volume five or six at this point. But the one I'm looking forward to now will take a while if we get dedicated to it. Like three and four is when they encounter all the masters, including... Missy? And... Missy? Eric Roberts. Oh, no. Oh, God. River Song would eat Eric Roberts for breakfast. I see the Bradley Walsh of your masters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh no! Don't pick on Bradley Walsh. I don't like it. When you're <laughs> oh, now it's not cool. Now it's not. Cool. Well, speaking of Bradley Walsh, that brings us into our newest episode yes. from the Thirteenth Doctor, which I'm not even going to say the title of because I still don't know how to say it. The Tsuranga Conundrum. That's right. Series Eleven, Episode Five, premiered November Fourth, Twenty Eighteen. And do you want to read the synopsis, yes, darling? Please. As the 13th Doctor and her friends end up stranded without the TARDIS on a hospital ship in space with a strange and potentially deadly intruder on board, it is up to them, the crew, and the patients to figure out what it is, what it wants, and how to stop it before the creature tears the ship apart. And to help us dissect what went on here, we have another wonderful special guest, and that is Shar. Shar, welcome. Yay! Thank you so much for having me. I gotta be really honest right away and say I didn't know if I'd ever be able to be a guest on this podcast because, and it's your fault, Philip. I'm watching Doctor Who for the very first time, starting with this Doctor, this series. I know nothing about the past. I'm going in really fresh and really clean. I've got a lot of noob questions. <laughs> but that that makes you perfect, because this is exactly what Chris Chibnall wanted with this new Doctor. So, yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to get your perspective on, on do you feel like you're missing information and things like that. So that'll be fun. You're like, where's the Daleks with the... Thingies and the, <laughs> the, with the whisk and the plunger. And what's I happening? don't even know what those are. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you know, to, to capstone uh, four episodes in five minutes. But I mean, you know, not counting this episode. Previously, what have you thought, and what's your reaction, and and kind of like, how are you watching it? Because. I watch Doctor Who a different way than I watch Star Trek, than I watch something else. And I know you have your own shows, whether it's Babylon 5, Gilmore Girls, you know. Um, also yeah. a good choice. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, you and Tristan have a way of getting me to watch TV shows I may not watch on my own. Gilmore <laughs> Girls was one of them. Doctor Who was another. You said, hey, if there is a time... 
this is the time. They're, they're hmm. doing this on purpose to create a nice entry point for new viewers with a new doctor, new showrunners, what have you. Just just to do it, Char. Come on, do it. That's like, right. oh, it's yeah. a lady. So, and it's a lady doctor, and she is amazing. I do love her. So the first four episodes, it's been an interesting kind of medley for me. I haven't really... F- I, it took me a little while to figure out, okay, what is this show even? Because mm-hmm. we had the premiere to establish that there's a new doctor. She doesn't even really understand this body she's in and all sorts of fun stuff. And then there's like the amazing race. And then we had Rosa, which I thought was a great episode. When they do the historical stuff, I think I'm going to appreciate that more than anything. And then we had the CGI spiders, which were totally cool. It was great for Halloween. I get it. But it was <laughs> yeah. just like, what is, is this just some random enemy of the week? You know, every, every episode, what is this sort of thing? Are there going to be arcs? Still trying to figure it out. But the more that I watch the more I'm enjoying it and I'm just kind of taking it for it is and all right, here's the right of the week. Here's what we're doing and just enjoying it and getting to know these characters and especially the doctor. I love the fact, and here's my first new question (laughs) is that I love the fact that she is a thinker and a doer. Is that specific to this doctor or is that just the doctor generally? I would say it's the doctor generally. That there are moments where they can be very introspective and and ponderous, and then other times when it's all about right. Let's let's fly by the seat of our pants and see what happens. Would you? <laughs> yeah, and I think it's you sort of, especially with New Who. And, and sorry, mm-hmm. I, I will try not to insult your intelligence, but you know, New Who sort of the two thousand five on on reboot, which is the nine, okay. ten, eleven, twelve. Okay, okay. I um, yeah yeah. Yes, versus Classic Who, which is one through eight. Uh, and the TV movie, I guess. Doctors one through yeah, eight. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, for New Hook, there's this sort of, uh, is he, you know, the he's, in, at least in the past, um, is, is he been sort of this powerful demigod figure, you know, or is it just a madman with a box, a traveler, you know, tra- you know, and and it kind of goes back and forth sometimes, you know, like we when she was sort of in like the first episode, like uh, you know, do you have a plan? Like I'll have a plan by the time I get up there, I guess. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> she's you know. really good under pressure. I'll say that if she doesn't have an idea right away, she's going to find one. Mm. And then I think she said something, and not to go into this episode, but I guess you will already. Um, she said something this episode, which I think reminded me of something twelve, the previous Doctor once said of you know how do you you know how do you find a problem he's like i just imagine already that i've solved it and then go back and figure out how to do that you know <laughs> yeah when she said that i thought gosh i wish i could do that i know right <laughs> but she has like 900 years of experience so it's not yeah. fair to, it, to no. hold ourselves to that standard <laughs> it's not fair at all she actually can figure that out with that methodology the rest of us, no, nah, I don't think it's going to work as well. No. <laughs> and I would say that the thing that's interesting, um, you know, with new viewers like you, and then maybe people have seen more, but, like, you know, there's certain things that are very classic Doctor Who stuff, the stories. Like, for instance, you know, there's, like, five t- kinds of Star Trek stories or something. Well, mm-hmm. like, there's about five kinds of Doctor Who stories. This one oh, okay. is what we would call a um, base-under-siege story, which they do a lot of. Okay. You're in a place, there's an enemy, you have to save people, or there's a countdown. There's a lot of Doctor Who stories that are mm-hmm. like that. Versus, and there's historicals, those are actually, you know, and then there's modern day. And so the joke was that, or I mean, seriously, that Chris is doing the first three episodes the same way that every Doctor has started their episodes. It starts modern day, then it does a future, and then it does a historical. So it's even a way to show you, you know, what the possibilities are. So, yeah, But at yeah. the same time... We don't know what Chris is going to do because, you know, this is a little more episodic. Because mm-hmm. that's what the big thing he kept saying when he started, when it was before it premiered. This is going to be episodic. It's not, you know, da da da, da. It's going to be standalone episodes, which I think, you know, is in as much as they are, the characters. Yeah, although, again, I think he's left little clues that may become arcs or just may be dangling threads. I don't know. And so we don't know whether it's going to be, like... You know, the previous people with Stephen Moffat would always have this sort of timey-wimey plots that would come together in the end, and then even Davies, too. So, I don't know. You know, we don't know. We're kind of new to you, you know, how Chris is going to run this show. It's still new. We don't know what he's doing, so. Okay, yeah. okay. Because, yeah, it definitely occurs to me that these 
threats of the week are really throwaway enemies. They're the mm. plot device. They're not really necessarily the big concern. Yes. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Well, let's get into mm. the actual episode. All so, right. All um, right. I'll, Jessica, I'll let you have first stab. What were your general thoughts about the Serenga conundrum? My general thoughts. I quite enjoyed it. And as I've said before, I tend to prefer the historical, the fantasy sort of things. And this was much more on a scientific level. But I love myself a little Pating. <laughs> loved him. <laughs> Loved him, loved him. And so that gave me a little bit of the fantasy element. And, of course, I also always like an alien who is not all evil. And hmm, yeah. Oh, that's true. Just instinctual. You know, yeah. Not necessarily. Yeah. And he wasn't out to get them. I mean, they had to was, figure that out. But yes. Yeah. He, was ju- he wasn't, wasn't going to eat them. They say specifically that he doesn't eat humans. He was just doing the thing. Yeah, that he but he's going to eat the spaceship around us. Yes, <laughs> yes. <grim. laughs> that, that was a good accent, sweetheart. <laughs> do, do that more often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> accent is acting. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, I ended up quite enjoying it, and I liked the pregnant dude. <laughs> we have a thing for gingers. Um, <laughs> Gee, it was interesting. It was interesting, that, you know, I almost feel like at this point my Twitter stream is more Doctor Who than Star Trek these days, but maybe it's just because live Doctor Who is on it. Maybe when Discovery gets into season two, I'll see more yeah. Star Trek stuff. It seems to me that my people I follow on Twitter, at least whatever I saw on Twitter, was mostly kind of a negative reaction to this episode. And I was like, I know, I'm, I'm oh, fine really? with this one. Yeah, and I, I thought it was fine. I thought, it, well, I think the only, if I had a complaint, it was maybe that it was not a too complicated plot, but there were a lot of characters. Mm. And I don't know if that was a bad thing, but I could see, like, you could easily made we've got rid of one or two, and it still might have flowed better. So that would be my only complaint, that maybe they're throwing too many things at the wall there. But that said, I think it's a very chimnal, chimnalian, is that, can I use that term? <laughs> chimnalian. Of yeah. where he can have eight, nine, ten characters, but he will make each character, even if they're one thing, have a personality. Like, oh, yeah, the guy who dies. Uh, he, I know he's on the list mm-hmm. early on. The guy who dies in the first ten minutes. I mm-hmm. feel like I knew a lot about him already. Yeah. And so I think that, yeah, that was the only thing. Other than that, people are like, oh, it's not, you know. Oh, see, my Twitter feed seemed to suggest it was, like, the best. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, huh. I don't know, Rosa? I don't know. That's uh, Some people were suggesting it. Well, okay. Wow. <laughs> what, did, what did you think, Shar? <laughs> I don't know if it's better than Rosa. I'd say that's my favorite of the episodes so far. But I enjoyed this one. It was more of kind of like a comedic romp. Like you said, this is not necessarily an alien that's out to kill everybody. It's it's a cute little CGI monster. How can you not love that? I gotta say, the CGI work in this show so far has been top-notch. Good stuff. Those spiders yeah. really were creepy. The, the pating, just adorable. I, if, if there's a recurring character, I do hope it makes a comeback. <laughs> oh, wait till you go back and see the adipose. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fat never looks so cute. <laughs> so, is this, yeah, is this mean, like the, uh, what's the Star Wars thing? It starts with a P. Anyway, the little things that they have in Star Wars now that are so cute. But anyway. Ewoks? No. I'm doing everything I can to yeah, help I know. you out. Well, baby. don't worry. Like, I don't, you probably know more Star Wars than I do. So, anyway. So, I really liked this episode overall. It was fun. It had some really laugh out loud moments. I love that whole sequence where where they're just doing the sequence of uh, we're out there with this creature in space. Yeah, and it just the the yeah every subsequent yeah just kind of devolves into <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. That was fantastic. I love the fact that this uh, this ginger guy. Uh, boys have boys, girls have girls. I mean, I'm not entirely sure how that works, but you know, some things are best left to the imagination. <laughs> yes. I, I did like Graham's, like, uh, we're, we're blokes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're dudes. We totally understand how this works. We got this. <laughs> we're, I've watched sure all the episodes of Call the Midwife. <laughs> <laughs> but that was very cute. That was great bonding for him and Ryan. We get a little more Ryan backstory. And we have, of course, a great message, which I think we need more than ever in our day and age, where people prevail and hope prevails. Well, that's that's a wonderful thing to get in our heads and remind us mm. that, you know what? Good times will be back. Yeah. Yes. We should all be doctors of hope. And Legos. Yes. 
And Legos, apparently. Legos. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you, you mentioned some of the characters, and, and so in no particular order, Astos, if I'm saying that probably right, that's how I wrote it down. But anyway, he was the head doctor that we saw in the beginning that you were talking about. Yes. Which I thought, yeah. like, he's going to be, like, the main character, and I'm like, oh, he definitely exploded there. Dead, right. dead now. I did, too. And I thought, why did he have to die? Because I thought he and the doctor had some great chemistry. I thought mm-hmm. if they were going to possibly have a little bit of romance for this doctor, he was it. Mm-hmm. But no, he yeah. had to die? Oh, boo. Yep. Yep, straight away, straight away. I kept thinking, are they going to get him? Nope, nope, they are not getting him back. That's a done thing. Uh, They made it explode just to drive home that point. Right. It really reminded me, not to leave you out of the shower, it really reminded me of another uh, episode, Chris Chimnall's first episode that he ever wrote for Doctor Who, (laughs) 42. Very similar story, almost too similar, (laughs) but that's all right. Variations on a theme, but basically where you had... The ship going into the stuck in the black hole, and they had to count down. They had to go through all the doors, and the engine was going to explode or whatever it was. And you had all these characters we had to meet. You had the engineer who was played by Rosa Parks. I was going to um, say yes, who died in the first five minutes, but still, you were like, "Hey, I, she's like cool." Oh no, yeah, I like to burn with me. <laughs> but anyway, you also even had literally had the same thing with life pods with Martha getting stuck. And but anyway, but you know, hey, I guess you can crib your own stuff. It's an homage, darling. I mean, to yourself. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, and so then going to the junior doctor, and I'm sorry if I'm not saying these names correctly, but um, Mobley, possibly? Mobley, something Mabley? like that. Yes, yeah. but anyway, the junior doctor who sort of had to, the doctor sort of had to pep up or give the pep talk to. She needs confidence. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. But those were like the, the head doctor's last words or, you know, make her believe in herself. Yeah, yeah, clearly he did. Yeah, yeah. I wish maybe we'd gotten a little more into that, that that had been a a full arc, because we don't really necessarily, I don't know, and maybe it's too pat to do it that way, but we don't get that final, oh, yes, I can do this kind of moment. Mm-hmm. Of, yeah. Um, the crucible I, and, yeah. I kind of wonder if the... Uh, the, the doctor that died, I wonder if they would have saved that toward maybe the more climactic part, end of the episode somehow. If he died then, those were the parting words where we maybe had a little more to go with. Mm. And maybe that would have instilled a little more confidence in her. I don't know. Yeah, because we didn't really get a lot from her. I mean, we got to see her like, you know, she's doing the doctor thing with the pregnant guy. And then and also working with the doctor in the control room. And so, I mean. But again, she never really has this crisis of, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. I'm going to, to rise up mm-hmm. from this place. And, no, that was the song from Rosa. Get it done, kind of thing. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I said. That's my only critique of the episode. I think there's so many characters, you know, it's hard to give her a lot to do because we got a million other things mm. to do. Um, so the next, uh, again, no particular order, was the general. Her name is Eve Cicero. Um, but the general, I thought, was a interesting role. Um, you have this person that the doctor admires who's suffering this medical condition. And, and again, it's sort of low stakes. You know, she has a secret disease, doesn't tell her brother what's going on, what's going on. And then at the end, you She know. dies. That doesn't feel very low stakes. <laughs> Hashtag spoilers. I know. Yeah, this I mean. This does have a fairly good death count for the yeah, small cast. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does seem, if you're going to be a guest actor on this show, be prepared <laughs> to die. Yeah. yeah, at least this series. But yeah. It's not always, it's not that way every season, but yeah, this time, you're going to die. Because I actually thought she wasn't going to. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, you know, she said the whole thing like, oh, everyone's going to live. And you really thought, well, at least I thought, like, oh, because that would be sort of the easy thing of, like, oh, she doesn't. No, no, she died because that's what was going to happen, you know. See, this is what happens when you're the doctor of hope. You get disappointed. (laughs) And you have to retain that hope, nevertheless. Yes, yes. Which her brother seemed to do, Mm -hmm. I think. So, yeah. Um, again, it was a quick and dirty, oh, I'm hiding this, I'm hiding this, I'm hiding this, oh, I have this, oh, okay, we're going to work with it, oh, and I'm a good engineer, and you never believed in me, and oh, now I believe in you, and now you're dead. Uh, Right. Yeah, yeah. The impact was there, but I think maybe if we knew a little more about these people, if maybe we'd had just a little more time with them than one episode, we'd care a little more, but it kind of is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sort of the sibling rivalry. Well, not rivalry. The sibling relationships, a better word, um, mm-hmm. was interesting. You know, I mean, I don't, you know, not saying everyone has that, but like the whole like the other person doesn't see, you know, you often don't see for family or, or even friends, I suppose. You don't always see the strengths. You just see because you know them so well, you're more likely to point out negatives sometimes because that's a relationship. But seeing that, no, you really are an awesome general and you really are an awesome engineer. And, and look yeah. what happens when we work together. Shape of peanut butter and jelly. (laughs) (laughs) And so the one character who I thought got very little, but I don't know, whatever you want, Ronan, the android, for lack of a better word. (laughs) Yeah, they just kind of kept him a blank slate, didn't they? Mm -hmm. Mm. And then we're like, well, we're going to shut him down at the end. I know. I thought it was interesting where he's like, my purpose is now served. I'll deactivate. And I thought like Dirkus, who's the brother, was going to be like, no, no. Why don't you come live with me? And he's like, no, yeah, that's it. That's a fair call. Sorry about that. But but she did a great job with my sister. Pat on back. I don't think he liked him too much, though. Yeah. (laughs) But still, I I was hoping at one point maybe Ronan was going to call Dirkus grandpa or something. (laughs) Give him a fist bump. Yeah, yes, fist bump. That's <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> He's like, nah, man, nah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it seemed like they knew what to do with him too much. He, he's going to be the robot. That's it. Yeah. Like, yep. What can yep. you do? Tick. Got that. Got that <laughs> character in. So, in some ways, and you can disagree. I think Yoss, who's the guy, the pregnant guy, almost got the most time. Oh yeah. Yeah, and so I, as you said, Char. He was sort of a conduit to talk about Ryan and his, I want to say daddy issues. I feel like that sort of trivializes it. But anyway, um, what do you sort of think of, of, as we've seen, Ryan and his familial issues, whether it's with his grandmother or with his father, and now coming to, how did you see him trying to identify with his dad's role in being a father? Well, I think he recognizes just how important it is to be a father because it sounds like he didn't really have much of a father. So I think that's kind of where he's trying to encourage Yaz, hey, give this a chance. You don't have to be perfect. Just, you just have to be there. And mm. that's that's a great statement to make. And I think also he's getting a lot out of what's developing between him and Graham. Because they start off, I mean, I don't think Ryan liked him too terribly much. They're they're really bonding now. I mean, you help <laughs> a guy give birth. You're going through some experiences <laughs> together. <laughs> They're yeah. really nailing that relationship and making it evolve. They're definitely getting closer. And I think for Ryan, he's got much more of a respect for Graham. And it's not just because of, of Grace, whom I loved, by the way. Why'd she have to die? <laughs> <laughs> she was so cool. But anyway, again, guest character, you're going to die. So Yeah, yeah indeed. <laughs> you, yeah, you did. You might show back up in a little bit for a ghost episode. Mmm, that happens. Okay. That could be cool. <laughs> I'm on board for that. And we also had her hanging out in the apartment. Yes. Just, just like weird full of flashback visualizations. Cool, cool. They're obvi- I mean, that, if anything, is going to be the big overarching story as of right mm-hmm. now, yes. it seems, right? So cool. They need to deal with that and they need to grieve together. And I think those two, Ryan and Graham, they're only going to become much closer for it. So mm. right now, that's actually, that's one of my favorite interactions is those two right now. I almost, I almost felt like he should have given the fist bump. I'm like, oh, come on. You're just holding yourself back now, right? No, you can't give the fist bump <clears throat> to the old guy. He, he didn't call him grandpa. Fist bump. But he could no, have done the... No, you can't. No. Uh, no. No. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I do like how you said, Charlie. You know, every, every episode they're bonding over some manly activity, whether it's uh, fixing an engine. <laughs> or helping someone Being a doula. Birth. Yeah. You know, yeah. these are all... Those are all manly activities. And and although I do think it's interesting that we learn a little bit more, you know, Ryan talks about the fact that his mom died when he was, what, 13? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. And he found her. Yes. But that his dad apparently had been around up until that point Mm -hmm. and only then disappeared because Ryan, you know, because of his own grief, because Ryan reminded him of Ryan's mom. And I think that's a lot more information than we've had, and it changes the picture in my mind of Ryan's dad a little bit. I mean, he did mm, stick around yeah. for 13 years mm-hmm. uh, from the age of apparently 19. So, uh, And maybe, and I don't know, I'm, I'm reading in, maybe it, he, it depends on how you want to do it, other like how you just sort of were saying it, or that 
you know, the mom was sort of being the parent. And then when she's not there, he's like, oh, I don't know what to do. You yeah. Know? Right. So. We don't really know that part of it just yet. But I like what you just brought up is that, yeah, my perception of Ryan's relationship with his dad, it changed a lot with this episode. Mm. And it doesn't necessarily paint him in a good light. No, no. And I'm not sure at this point that there's anything that's going to be terribly redemptive about his dad. But the idea that, I guess up until this point, it had been in my mind that he was really much more in and out of Ryan's life all the way through his life Uh rather than... Right, that maybe they didn't have the best relationship, but they at least communicated a little bit here and there. Yes, and he was in the room, theoretically. You know, he was in the house. In the room where it happens. Yes, yeah. Um, But I thought it was interesting, I mean, and this may be going it too far, but it's an interesting dichotomy as take Graham, who's going through grief, mm. and Ryan could remind him of Grace, but he's going towards, towards Ryan yeah. instead of running away. Well, that's interesting. This nice little mirror reflection. Yeah, I don't, I don't think just since we're going into the actual companions here, uh, Yaz, not much for her to do. No, and yeah. I think it's tricky because she doesn't have the his. You know, Ryan and Graham have a history, right? And so there's something to follow with that, and there's an arc already built in, and we haven't found Yaz's arc yet. Well, apparently, the entire next episode is her arc. Yes. So, <laughs> oh, oh, good, because I'm waiting for that. I mean, last week we got a little bit of her backstory and her family situation, but. I'm waiting for a really good Yaz story. Let's get to know this character. Well, next yes. uh, next episode is Demons in the Punjab, where she meets her grandmother in the past. Her great-grandmother, yeah. Grandmother, All right. Yeah. yeah, so. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Very so, exciting. Cool. Well, we've talked about um, most of the companions, so let's get to the Doctor. I felt like this was the episode where we almost got the most time just with the Doctor. I mean, you know, again, she was with the Head Doctor and with other people, but it was her like, it was really focused on her a lot of times. It's just been companion-focused. Mm. So, darling, what do you think? What more have we learned about the Doctor? Ooh, what more have we learned? I don't know. Other than she's seen all 300 cast of Hamilton. <laughs> yes, which I loved. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting. Though she was hurting the whole time, which I thought was... Yeah, and I wondered if they were going to do anything. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, I was waiting for her spleen to rupture. <laughs> yes, uh, or something. Yeah, it's just, I guess they just wanted her to be hobbling for some reason. Yeah. I yeah, I don't know. They they just kind of seemed to conveniently remember that when they wanted to. And then mm-hmm. everything's fine. I mean, she is on a hospital ship. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking she's going to go into distress at the worst possible moment. And then they didn't. Yeah. Because yep. I thought at the beginning it was going to be some sort of thing where she's like, no, I'm a time lord. I have two hearts. And, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. By the way, what did you guys think about the hospital ship? A very J.J. Uh, Enterprise. <laughs> That's why I brought this up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> because I, I mean, you alone? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I, w- I got to say that, yes, it reminded much me very flare? much of the Enterprise, the J.J. Enterprise. And, yeah, I mean, as and like Apple Store as the J.J. Enterprise is, this is that even like on steroids. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, very much Apple Store. I get, I get that metaphor. Yeah, <laughs> I, I also I understood that reference. I also found it a little bit confusing because I sort of got the impression that the whole purpose of the ship was to pick people up in distress. It was like a an ambulance, a space ambulance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the general and the pregnant man weren't in any sort of distress. The general uh, well, appeared to be there just for a mostly regular checkup. And the pregnant man wasn't even in labor yet. They were going to induce, but is that a reason? Well, he was overdue. Yeah, that's what I mean. They were going to induce, but is that a reason to call a a space ambulance? I mean... Well, I guess maybe it's almost medical transport. I mean, which is what an ambulance is, I'm not trying to be. But, like, you know, it was an emergency. It's like, I need to go to the hospital. Maybe they're in a place that doesn't meet their needs. Over on the other planet, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I don't uh, know. Maybe is is it a thing where... If you know you need medical attention, but you might not be able to get to the hospital, this is the next best thing. And if they get you to a hospital, so much the better. Mm-hmm. But surely the general wouldn't have that as an issue. I don't know. Mm, well, maybe maybe she knew things were worse than they really were. I don't know. 
Yeah. Since she was so coy about her condition. Yeah. But then it seems like you'd just stay on the planet that can take care of you. True. No, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No, maybe maybe questions. maybe they rationed their health care on her planet. Her insurance ran out. Yeah. And her, the only provider for her insurance is on the other planet. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> they only take Blue Cross. Exactly. <laughs> this is why you need an what what intergalactic health service. That's right. There you um, go. IHS. Yes, uni- when they say universal yes, health care, they mean universal, universal health care. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cool. Hmm. But yeah, I also thought it was, it. this was one of those moments where I'm like, I see what you're doing, and I don't mind it, but I see what you're doing. When they, uh, the doctor was describing, I don't know if you had your, your uh, engineering Balana moment here, um, when she was explaining antimatter drive. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. apparently everything is what she said is true. Like she was literally saying science. Mm. Um, and I thought because it was like, man, they're going to stay with this for a while. Like it's not just like da 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 da. It's like no, we're going to spend a good five minutes. Which I was like, okay. I mean, you know, hats off, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a teen cheek. You know, kids are watching, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. From what I understand, this is supposed to be kind of like a, a kid show, or was, or is. Or so, will be. Some, or, yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> Something. So, I mean, sometimes you, I think you do have to explain things out to give proper context. Mm-hmm. And now, as Star Trek fans, we've heard the word antimatter, and we vaguely understand what it is through their interpretation of it and what have you. And it is a real thing, so that's cool, too. So, I guess maybe that's what I was like. I know what an antimatter engine is. Don't, you don't have to insult me. <laughs> but not everybody does. Now, do you replicate your crystals, or do you... Uh, no. <laughs> Yeah, but I did find it interesting that they spent so much time on that when they really don't explain things like the sonic screwdriver. Mm-hmm. Mm. So there's there's a certain that, amount that of science. magic. That's magic. Okay, so it's so a little bit of science a fantasy, wand. a little bit of science fiction. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. That answers one of my questions. Thank you. <laughs> That's one of those things where I mean, as Jessica said before, she's in for the fantasy. I don't say that I'm necessarily here for the sci-fi. I'd like it all, but anyway, mm. yeah. So bit of everything yeah yeah but it's yeah the sonic screwdriver can do all sorts of incomprehensible weird things except wood except break into wood and seriously (laughs) wait until you go back and find out about sonic lipstick it'll change your world what okay (laughs) that's on her christmas list how come we've not seen this happen yet with the doctor? I'm, I'm curious now. Well, this doctor may well, have this doctor. it soon. Yeah, yeah, at some point. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yes, yeah, so one of the uh, uh, companions who, who got her own spinoff series uh, has sonic lipstick. Mm. So. And River Song has hallucinogenic lipstick. That's so. true. Ooh, I want A lot of ladies' that. accessories. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. That's how I got married. <laughs> That's <laughs> how I landed this one. <laughs> Hell of drugs. all right so let's talk about what you all want to talk about and that's (laughs) (laughs) he's the cutest little vicious monster that could kill you ever yeah but again i like the fact that he's just doing what patings do apparently and he's not trying to be vicious and He doesn't mean to even be a menace, but he totally is. Yep. Yep. He's a menace to society. Yep. And they lure him in with a bomb, and he eats the bomb, and it makes him very happy. It doesn't even blow him up. He gets to survive, and they send him out with a full tummy. Mm, uh, sweet thing. <laughs> I, I was waiting for some sort of, like, I, you know, and this probably would have been overdoing it, but I was waiting for a little bit, like, a little smoke to come out and be like a little burp. A little, little smoke burp or something. I was waiting yeah. for that too. I thought that would be a really <laughs> cute little touch. That would mm-hmm. be, yeah. They don't always give you what you want. <laughs> no, no. no. Said they kill off the guest stars. But I do sort of agree. He's a little bit stitch like. That's not an original thought, of course. I saw it on Twitter. Uh, See, I hadn't seen that <laughs> one. Yeah, he's not blue. But other than that, he's totally stitch. Yeah. Yeah, and someone, again, and someone said, you know, that one of the critiques of this series has been that all the villains could easily dispatch. And I was like, I don't know, this one was actually pretty legit. Like, I thought it was a legit plan. You know, it took them a while to figure out what's what's the reason for it. 
you know, even though the computer kind of gave an explanation about what it was, they knew it was dangerous, but then, you know, is it trying to kill us? No, it's not trying to kill us. It's just, and then what's it after? And what's it after energy? And then, well, what do we have? You know, and then the fact that you have, I mean, it's a pretty interesting story plot as far as writing that you can't call for help because they'll either blow up the ship or, you know, and, you know mm-hmm. and all these reasons of why you can't do these things. And you had to sort of hit the snooze keep button. Keep swiping, yeah, yeah. Keep swiping down. Yeah. Which I've tried to do on Tinder and it is so weird. <laughs> what are you doing on Tinder, baby? Swiping down. Oh, yeah. right, sorry. <laughs> that was my question. What are you doing on Tinder? <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about this. We agreed. Match.com. That's true. You're right. <laughs> they have way better adverts. That's right. We're always answering like, do you need to find that special someone? We're like, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one likes dogs. Never mind. <clears throat> Swipe down. <laughs> <laughs> so thoughts about other thoughts about Pating? Um, how soon will he be in stores? I was gonna say the same thing. How too soon can I get a stuff? No, Star, will you have your uh plush TARDIS grade um from Star Trek Discovery and then have your plush Pating from Doctor Who and then They're gonna be friends. That's right. <laughs> Yay. Why can't we be friends? <laughs> That's probably what Pating was thinking. That's yes. Right. Why do you keep shooting me with this stun gun thing? I just want to be your friend and eat your space shuttle. Yeah. Also, I thought it was interesting that um, Yaz sort of got the uh, footballer. Yeah. Chance. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, not to be sexist, but you know, usually it's the guys that get the footballer stance. Um, but yeah. Yeah, she got to to kick for England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And good for her. It's about the one thing that she really got to do in this whole episode. And also yes. learn science. And yes. learn science, which is yeah. always good. Yeah. STEM. Hashtag STEM. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking, I mean, not to be whatever about it, but I was like, you know, this is, you know, women in science, and, you know, it's always, yeah. you know, yeah, representation, no, you know, all this. I mean, and Shara is a Janeway fan, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, of course, I, I never have a problem with STEM and women in science. I love it when... Uh, you mentioned Janeway and Bellana earlier. I mean, yeah, I, I love it. I love watching geeking about science, and this is a uh, this is a great cast. It's diverse. It's inclusive. Uh, it's something I really am enjoying about the show, just kind of in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good stuff. Excellent. And let's see. Okay. Yeah. And um, I guess sort of final thoughts. So, what did you sort of think? How is this ranking with all the other episodes, Jessica? Hmm. Above the spiders, below Rosa, for me. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> above, yeah. above the guy with teeth. What Definitely. Was second, one? second one was um, Amazing Race. Oh, I might even it out with Amazing Race. Mm-hmm. Those are tough to tough to call on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it was interesting. You know, I'm still learning the Doctor. I mean, I guess I mean I don't know how much do you ever know the Doctor. I mean, it does take a couple of series. I remember. When we did our our twelfth Doctor rewatch, you know, on the Blu-ray collection, it was interesting to me to then watch his first series, which I didn't like. After having watched it all, and been like, "Oh, that is him," you know. But it's sort of a retrospective, sort of like, "Oh, well, now I know who he is. Now that I've seen who he is, you know." But at the time, it was like, "Oh, who is this guy?" And it, again, I don't think the combo with twelve and Clara worked, and mm-hmm. so I, th- I think finding the right people helps with the. Figuring out who they are, but I mean, that I think makes sense. yeah, and I think thirteens is optimism the right word? Hopefulness maybe is the better word. I mean, she's. I think now that we've seen it enough, she's the one who you know is really pushing that button. But she's also about teamwork, about pumping people up, about you know, which will make it really interesting if and when we get to a place where she can't do it. Mm-hmm. She can't yeah. give that hope. Have a hopelessness moment. Um, because it almost always comes in some sense of well, you wait, know, though. The, the darker place. We kind of did have that moment where she thought all hope really was lost in episode two, and then the dar- and the TARDIS arrives. Because mm-hmm. mm. she was apologizing, saying, I'm not going to be able to get you back. I'm so sorry. It's just not going to happen at this point. And then, lo and behold... Look who comes to the rescue. Boom. Yeah. The doctor's wife. <laughs> <laughs> you, you Which was cool, by the way. And, you have to go back now and watch the episode where the TARDIS comes to life as a real person. Oh, that happened. 
Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. A target it's an is personified. Okay. Yes. I yes. wonder how that went. Okay. Oh, it's, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. We just rewatched it fairly yeah. recently. Yeah, we're doing our 11th Doctor rewatch. Well, I was telling um, Philip in conversations off mic that after this uh, series runs, I'll probably go back and start with another easy entry point with another doctor and see how that goes. Who would you think is the, the best entry point? Well, I already, I mean, we, this is our conversation. I, you know, I always start with 11 with, with mm. but I said, you know, I mean, or you can start with nine. You just wanted the whole new who thing. Yeah. I right. mean, and so I don't know. What would you suggest? I, I, it was one of those two, either 11 or nine, but again, eleven sort of my doctor. Um, I just love Matt Smith. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, if I recall, Philip, you said 11 is is a favorite, but if you can start at 9 and go your way through to 11, a little more chronologically, so there's pros and cons to either, and I haven't decided yet. Mm-hmm. Well, and you get Tennant, and he's brilliant. Yeah. Appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just wonderful. I, and, you know, I, he would have been my doctor if he hadn't been followed by Matt Smith, who's... <laughs> <laughs> This episode. Yeah, so. you can't be as floppy as Matt Smith. Well, though. that's true. It's impossible. And I still love the way that she magic wands that Sonic. So. <laughs> very dramatic. And, and yes. then the pating eats it. I know. Yes, I, it back I out love again. that part. She ate the she, Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all went, well, crap, now we're going to have to buy a new Sonic. I know. I was like, they, they always get you somehow. Right. Yeah, but then I also just thought, real life in the show, she just built that thing. Man. (laughs) Now she's going to have to go back to Sheffield. Uh, Do it again? What is it going to look like this time? That's right. (laughs) Is the TARDIS going to have to change to remodel around the Sonic? That's right. You know, you always decorate around one item. Exactly. Well, and it's probably like an iPhone. It's got different charging ports, so you've got to upgrade everything. (sighs) It's not going to use headphones anymore. What the crap? (laughs) No USB ports. What the hell? (laughs) This is a great note to end on. So, so Shar, if people can reach you more about your first time doctoring, where can they find you on the interwebs? (laughs) Well, to be honest, I haven't talked too much about it yet. So maybe now I I will. Now that I've done the show, so. Hit me up on Twitter. That's the best place to contact me. It's about the only place to contact me because I just am not doing much social media anymore. My handle is oh the profanity, and then elsewhere on the network, I do a couple of things. I'm hosting Punch It, writing in Star Trek with Tristan Riddell, and then I'm going through Babylon Five with my husband, who's watching it for the very first time, and we are doing the very first vidcast on the Nerd Party called Babble for Five. Yeah, um, I'm against husband and wife shows. Um, yeah, no, me too. <laughs> Never horrible. works out. Never yeah. works uh. out. <laughs> and you know what? Nerd party. There, there's just a policy. We don't do that. That's right. Yeah, there's something about uh, something in human resources that say it's not good. I, I don't right. know. Yeah, somebody ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thanks for coming, Char. Oh, thanks so much for having me. This was fun. When you close your eyes. I go to the library. Go to the library now. Into the TARDIS library. And for this one, I've done. we did a compromise choice, or at least a meeting of the minds, as <laughs> happens in marriage. And that's because I was reading a Sixth Doctor book, and you're reading a Second, second doctor, doctor book. Yep. And so I was thinking to myself, well, if only there was something that combined those two. <laughs> hmm. And, that was and a, to be fair, this was total coincidence that I was. was reading two and you were reading six. It was just sort of serendipity. And so yep. we are going to be talking about The Two Doctors, a six-slash-second Doctor story. It was released 16 February 1985. Always weird when something came on when I was alive from Classic Who. And just <laughs> in time for Valentine's Day. And then would you like to read a synopsis of this Classic yes, Who tale? The Doctor has teamed up with himself before to save lives. This time, he must save his past self in order to ensure his own existence in his present. What could Chassini and dim-witted lackey Shockeye have planned with the Santarans? Only one thing is known for sure. Time will tell. Tell, 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 tell. So, as I always say, Six Doctor, not my favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think... 
this shows. Um, but anyway, what you think of <laughs> what you think of the two doctors? No, I I liked it. I enjoyed seeing Jamie. Jamie. Um, was this done for any particular no, anniversary? Th- just for for kicks and giggles? Huh? Yeah, apparently. I mean, it, it, interesting that you asked that because this is, I think, the only multi doctor story that isn't an anniversary. Mm. It, it was just that um, uh, John Nathan Turner, J and T, who's the showrunner for all of the latter era. Um, I think they had done the five doctors, obviously, a few years ago, and so he was thinking multi doctor story and. He got Pat Trouton to say yes, and there you go. And Jamie, stay focused. That's true, that's true. Uh, Fraser Hines. Yes, um, both of them looking a little older, but not a bad thing. Yeah. Not a bad thing. I mean, I thought it was, of course, you know, it was interesting to start out in black and white, which I think is appropriate. Oh, yeah, it was a really interesting start. And then it was was weird, because I thought Jamie does look old, but as the serial goes on, I start to forget it. Yes. Like, at yeah. first it's like, no, that's clearly an old Fraser Hines. And then, like, when you first see it. But then, like, after a while, you're like, no, it's just Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just a middle-aged Fraser Hines. Mm-hmm. I mean, having seen whatever interview stuff we well, were we'll watching Well, we'll probably see him day. in Galley, I'm sure. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> oh, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Hooray. It also had Perry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was quite naked in this episode. Perry and her bosoms. Yeah. Yes, it had Perry and her bosoms. So if you like we'll pro- Perry and, we'll and her bosoms, s- by all means, check this one out. We'll probably also see Nicola at... I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to Wong. have a word with her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's... Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't not like Perry, but she doesn't bring anything other than... No, she doesn't bring anything. I mean, you know. She was literally running away from the guy and fell over again on nothing. She didn't trip up on anything. She just fell. She's and then had to be so cold. Carried. She may have been a little chilly in her Olivia Newton John outfit with her bosoms. Right. Yeah. And her headband, which she wore through the whole thing. Yeah. I was like, are you at the gym? Take that off. <laughs> are you not at the gym? Take it off anyway. I don't. Uh, no, no, no. Well, one thing that I thought I remembered, and so watching again, it's always interesting whether what you remembered is correct, is that I thought it was, in some ways, a waste of the second Doctor. Because he's tied up the whole time. I mean, like, you really don't get a lot of... I mean, he does say my whatever is whatever aunt, whatever his saying is. But, uh, I mean, I was... Yeah, I thought it was kind of a waste. I don't know, you're currently in the second Doctor world, would you think? Yeah, no, I would agree. I feel like it was a little bit of a waste of him. Um, which was a real shame. Um, I liked the story. I found the story interesting. A little bit convoluted, but not terribly convoluted. And then they kill that guy at the end. They kill everyone, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I was thinking about the oh. the, the actor slash yeah, moth expert slash maitre d'. Yeah, which I thought, I mean, pretty grisly. I mean, in context and in time. Like that, like I thought, like oh, he's all right. No, no, he's dead. Apparently, okay, that's definitely dead. And look, here's his girlfriend, who we haven't seen in the last twenty minutes or so. Yeah, um, a little bit shocking. And I mean, reading some of the background, we were not the only ones who thought that. Apparently, there were some. I mean, not that they have censors there in BBC, but whatever. You know, there were people who tut tutted that as being a little tut-tut. too much. I did like the bit where the second Doctor was being turned into. Hawkeye? That can't be right. Whatever, shock top. I don't know. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That was quite fun. And they go out to dinner and they're eating all the things. Because I I thought for an instance, and even though having seen it before. Shockeye. We we both had part of it right. But I thought he was putting it on. Like he had a plan. Like, oh no, he really was turning into one of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of fun and a little bit useless. Yeah, sort of like they're trying for a comedic bit. Yeah. Well, because that's Patrick Troughton's yeah. sort of niche, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I thought at some point, and it kind of happened, I was kind of waiting for them to switch companions. So the six doctors oh, with Jamie and the second fun. doctors with Perry. Yeah. And it kind of happened to, <coughs> to a certain degree, but not really. Yeah. I mean, because Jamie was obviously helping a lot out. And, you know, the six doctor, you know, knows Jamie, of course. But I feel like more could have been done with that. Yeah. And more could have been done with Perry and her bosoms showing up for the second doctor, you know, and the second doctor's reactions to her. Mm-hmm. Could have been really interesting. Pat, uh, not Patrick. Uh, Jamie does get to use his knife. That's true. Several times. Several times. Which is, you know, this is why you always keep one in your boot. <laughs> um, 
There's a knife in my boot. <laughs> and then there is predictably a draggy episode. Is that the one where they're in the triangle ship? Yeah. Dragged. Yeah. Dragged. Slow. And then it picked up again and it was okay, except for Perry and her bosoms tripping over dirt. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was it was it was odd. So you're <clears throat> perspective of the sixth doctor remains yeah and i mean and again maybe you know i know who he is it's not like there's gonna be an episode where he's not who he is you know arrogant i mean which i know these are common doctor traits but there's always a bit of something behind it he's just purely arrogant and and so i mean i I thought you know it'd be an interesting adventure and uh, compared to other six doctor stories i suppose but yeah i wish they'd use the second doctor more yes Yes, you're gonna maybe they should. You know what would have been interesting? Seventh Doctor and Second Doctor. Seventh Doctor and Second Doctor. Oh, they would definitely try to out comedic each other, right? Yeah, I think that would be an interesting little combination. I also feel like we need to bring in the Eighth Doctor for something with a bunch of other Doctors because I think it would just confuse him. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you think? I mean, you know, poor guy out there on his own, stranded. Nobody ever pays any attention to him, except for Big Finish, who have given him lots of gigs. Hey, but I'm just saying that um, Paul McGinn is, is quite ageless. I'm a 13-8 Doctor story I'm there for. Yes. And, of course, we recently saw the Ninth Doctor. Oh, yes. We watched King Lear with Anthony Hopkins uh, this weekend, and uh, Christopher Eccleston makes an appearance, for better or for worse. Right. I, I, it was an interesting role for him because it wasn't there wasn't a whole lot to it. I'll right. be honest, which is and, not very Chris Eccleston. Which is not very Christopher <laughs> Eccleston. If you do not give him furniture to chew on, what do you expect him to do? <laughs> He's like the pating that way. Yes. <laughs> well, of course, next week we'll be talking about the demons of the Punjab with yes. another special guest. And so, until then, you can reach me on Twitter at NC Public Servant. And you can find me at One Phoenix Theater. And until next week, enjoy watching, listening, or reading about the Doctor's adventures throughout time and space. This is BBC Television.